Welcome to NEP On Location. Here we hit the road and have conversations with some of the brightest minds from the worlds of public safety, organized labor, communications, politics, and more. In this episode, Mark Treglio is on location at the Peace Officers Research Association of California's, also known as PORAC, 70th Annual Conference of Members in San Diego, California. Mark has a conversation with retired Los Angeles Police Captain James Alvarez and retired Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office Division Chief Chuck Stringham. Both James and Chuck now work with Copline, a confidential 24-hour hotline providing assistance with the management of various psychosocial stressors that impact a significant number of law enforcement officers and their families. Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of NEP on Location. This is Mark Treglio here, and we are at PORAC 2022, uh, talking today with members of a very important service provider for law enforcement officers. It's called COPLINE. COPLINE is a uh, service used by police officers, mental health, behavior health issues, and providing a very important service to law enforcement community. Today I have with me from LAPD, COPLINE's law enforcement representative, James Alvarez, and also Charles Stringham from the L.A. County Sheriff's Office. Welcome, gentlemen. So uh, I'm going to start with you, James. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name's Jim Alvarez. I did 30 years of uh, service. I retired from LAPD as a police captain and immediately jumped into COP line, which is a crisis hotline, 24-7, run entirely by retired officers. I wanted to uh, give back and pay it forward like most of us do once we leave this career. I was blessed uh, for the 30 years, and I just want to be there to help out those that are in need. I'm here with my partner. Uh, I'll let him tell you. Good morning. My name is uh, Chuck Stringham. I retired from the LA County Sheriff's Department after 34 years. Uh, I was a division chief, and my goal for joining Copline was to give back to the community that uh, gave me so much over my career. Uh, I am the training coordinator, so we have three classes a year, and I help coordinate with the students, with the instructors, with the facilities to make sure that everything runs smoothly. Let's talk about the origins of Copline. When did it start and how did it start? What brought it about? Well, we have our founder, director, Stephanie Samuels, who uh, is a psychotherapist, uh, has a practice over in New Jersey, treats police and fire, also from Pennsylvania and folks from the New York area. And uh, she had a vision back when she was at high school, at Beverly Hills High School, and it was a crisis hotline that she started called Teen Cares, and basically she realized that teens were more comfortable talking to other teens as opposed to teachers and staff from the school. So she carried that onto her practice and she realized cops understand cops, so why not take this forward and do a hotline strictly for cops by cops, and that's how it's cops started. Now, Copline is a, it's a phone number you call, and it's staffed completely by volunteers. Am I correct on that? That's correct. So right now we have a pool of about 125 retired officers from across the nation, from various walks of life, various assignments, various expertise, and they are working shifts, eight-hour shifts, 24-7, taking calls, coming in from anywhere. Um, officers with two years on the job, officers with 20 years on the jobs, just dealing with issues, issues as minor as uh, they're not getting along with their field training officer or supervisor, or they're having some difficulties um, writing reports, all the way up to suicide ideation. Um, so we're ready to take any crisis that an officer is dealing with, and we're willing to spend time on them on the phone. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, since they had the courage to call us the first time, and they, if they need mental health support, they have the courage to take the next step and make that next phone call. 
So we're prepared to provide them with therapists and counselors that have been vetted by our staff that are culturally competent so that they can get the help that they need. And I think one of the key things is the anonymity of Absolutely. everything, correct? Absolutely. Right. So this officer that calls at 2 o'clock in the morning and he's talking to a retired officer does not have to tell us his or her name, the department they work for. They can be as um, vague as they want to. As long as we build a rapport and they data dump and unload all their issues onto us because we're willing to take that. And then we work together as a team to try and get them some support. Yeah, I know one of the big one of the big stigmas is that if you reach out for help and your agency is the one that you're reaching out to, there is that stigma that, well, my my information is not that safe and it could be used against me down the road. Copline eliminates all of that, correct? Yeah, this is Chuck. Um, when we when we uh, deal with an officer on the line, uh, we, we all a lot of times ask them, you know, do you have any support at your agency? And a lot of times they do, but they won't trust them because their anonymity goes out the window. Uh, no sooner do they have a session with their their counselor does their chief find out about it, or it just is spread around the department. So uh, we really focus on anonymity and confidentiality so that they feel comfortable telling us basically anything they want. Now, Chuck, while I have you, you said you were, you were ahead of training. What are some of the classes you can get from Copline? How, do you, how does Copline provide training to those in the field? Yeah, if you, if you uh, become a listener, first of all, you have to go on our website and fill out a, a volunteer questionnaire. Uh, once the questionnaire is filled out, then our director, Stephanie Samuels, reviews the questionnaire with you to make sure that you really understand what you're getting into and that you're a fit and that your career is a fit. And once that is okay, then you get scheduled for a 40-hour class. So every student or every volunteer goes through a 40-hour training. And we focus on uh, suicide ideation, uh, active listening, and just uh, helping the new listener uh, be comfortable when he gets on the line, he or she gets on the line, to help out a caller. How does, how does one volunteer to be a listener? Well, if, if you have that in your heart, then you go to the, the website, www.copline.org, and you click on the volunteer button, and it takes you to a questionnaire. It's a lengthy one. We want to make sure that uh, you understand what you're getting into. And we want to make sure that you did at least 10 years of solid police service. Um, you didn't retire in lieu of termination or you know, something like that. Uh, make sure that you're uh, uh, understanding full well what you're getting into. Because it's not easy sometimes when you're dealing with somebody on the line who is uh, really struggling. And if you can't handle that yourself then it may not be a good fit. So we try to figure that out before you even come to the class. So it's very important to know that Copline is powered by volunteers. So how, how, what is, if somebody wants to volunteer, what is the, the time limit allotted? And, you know, are there events they need to go to? I know Copline goes to a lot of events throughout the year. What is expected of volunteers when somebody says, okay, I've got the time, I want to help out, this is my passion, I don't know if I have the time to volunteer. What are my requirements? We ask you to obviously come to the 40-hour class. Uh, they have to pay their own way, so that kind of helps with their commitment ability. But we ask for two eight-hour shifts a month uh, that they commit to a, a year of volunteer service. After that, they can uh, either leave or scale back their involvement or increase their involvement. Uh, my experience has been that 
once somebody gets on the lines and, and, show, and they see how helpful they can be to somebody else, we have people doing uh, more than two shifts a month just because they feel giving back is really important to them. And on average, how many calls a month is cop line fielding? Right now we're averaging 250 to 300 calls a month. And uh, the shifts can vary. You know, sometimes we get one call, sometimes we get four calls. Uh, we all work with a partner, so there's two people on each eight-hour shift. And I usually work the night shift from in California for 9 o'clock at night till 5 in the morning. Uh, so I enjoy answering those calls. But uh, it, it's very rewarding. And if somebody calls cop line and something needs to be elevated from there, there is a process for that. How does that work? Well, if someone's in a state of distress, then if we're looking at an inpatient or outpatient, we do have resources available that we can turn to to try and get that officer help like right now. That's one of the differences between our nonprofit and others. We're, we're on the line at 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody else is kind of shut down. So we're able to start the ball rolling and seeing what referrals are available to get the officer the help that they need right then. But we also know, know that in order to sustain cop line, we need volunteers and we need retired cops. So our mission is pretty clear. We're there to help cops at all times and any time when they have an issue. So we do a lot of outreach to try and get the local sheriffs and the local chiefs of police to buy into this outside resource cop line because it's a free so resource, obviously, that they can utilize for all their personnel. And uh, that's our main mission, to just spread the knowledge of cop line across the nation to all the police departments. The second caveat to that is the recruitment aspect. So when we go to different conferences, we're, we're trying to make our resource known, but we're also trying to see who's clear to retire, who's going to retire soon. And if we gain some interest to see if any individuals want to sign up because we want to grow our team as well. For those listening, uh, police chiefs, police officers, union leaders, how does a department or a union adopt Copline as there? How do they say, we want Copline to be our official go-to for mental health resources, and how do, we, how do we go about making sure that every member of the department has the number? So, Mark, for that, we, we, we know everybody has to vet everybody. That's what we do in this business. Uh, so we're open to any agency contact us directly from our website, and we'll be in contact via email or phone call. They can, we can explain our nonprofit in detail so they can feel comfortable knowing that we've been vetted, they trust us, and they're able to provide a resource to their officers. Okay, one of the crucial aspects of making sure Copline is always there is funding. How is Copline funded? How can we? How can how can more people work to fund Copline? Make this is more available. Provide more volunteers. Everything at the end of the day comes down to money. How how do we donate to Copline and how is its main funding? Every contact we make, whether it's at a conference, at a training venue, um, whether it's online, whether it's via phone calls, we when we explain our nonprofit and our mission, and it's such a clean mission, we get a lot of people buying into us and saying, "What can we do to help you?" So. We do um, survive based on the retirement pool that we have. Everybody pitches in to make this work. We want to keep the lines open as all. But, of course, we need funding to come in. So we look at different organizations. Uh, we were fortunate to get a grant from Motorola for $25,000 here in 2022, which is very helpful because it keeps our operation going. But as we put our, our name out there uh, across the board, we just try and see who's, who it sticks to, who's committed to making the resource available nationwide, and who's going to be part of the solution that's actually putting their money behind an organization 
that actually is doing something positive for our troops out there that are suffering in silence. So Copline has over 100 listeners that we're listening 24 hours a day. What are some of the types of incidents that Copline has been able to respond to, mitigate, and, and actually help an officer in the line? So about 95% of our calls are simply, hey, I'm having a bad day. I got in an argument with my wife. Uh, my sergeant got on my case. And sometimes they'll call and say, hey, I just finished a choking baby call. I'm on my way to a domestic violence call. I just wanted to clear my head before diving into the next thing. That could be a three-minute phone call. Um, Then you go all the way to the other end of the spectrum where I have had an officer call me sitting in the parking lot of his police station with a gun in his hand, ready that this is his last call he's ever going to make. And so I, I listen. I try to understand what he's going through. We talk, I listen more, I try to get him to, you know, disassociate himself from his weapon, like put it in the glove box or put it in the back seat, and then we just talk about what's going on in his life, and hopefully he opens up and we can get those trigger points, and then I can start offering him some, uh, some resources, or I help him figure out what resources he has in his own sphere of influence and help him to to gather those resources. So I've been on the phone as long as two hours with somebody uh, and it's really nice when you can hear a mood change or you can feel uh, a different different connection like the mood is lighter because this person has been able to uh, unload a lot of the stress and trauma that they've had for the moment and we're not going to cure anybody overnight but our goal is to keep them alive for one night so that they have enough uh, energy and courage to uh, take that next step for themselves. After somebody calls, does Copline follow up with that person? If that person's like, hey, check in on them? Only if they ask because, you know, we try to maintain anonymity. So if if they want to call back, then they obviously have to give us a phone number or an email uh, to do that. And we're more than wep- more than happy to check in with them a day or two. Uh, and we do that quite often. So I think that's important. We just we touched on anonymity earlier. So if an officer calls you, they don't even have to tell you where they're from or give you their name. It's just, I can call, hey, I'm having a bad day, and, and you can have a conversation with them. That's true. Uh, I always identify myself. And when there's an appropriate break in the conversation, I'll say, is there a name I can call you? And that gives them the opportunity to give me their true name or just a made-up name. And it just helps them preserve that that confidentiality and anonymity. And, of course, when somebody calls, they're not going to be hit up for information or credit card at the end. Everything is completely Everything is free, free yeah, anonymous. No, no cost. It's a great resource for officers yeah. out there. No cost. So in closing, how does one get a hold of Copline? What is the number? And then for donation and volunteer purposes, the website and, and how to contact you. So you, you call 1-800-COP-LINE and whoever answers the phone can direct you to wherever you are not wherever you need to go if you're not in crisis at the moment. So if you want to talk to uh, one of our, of our director or if you want to donate money, then we'll direct you to the website and you can donate there. Uh, or you can mail in a check or uh, if you want to offer resources or if you want to offer a fundraiser yourself, uh, we can work with you to help 
figure that out. And the website for Copline is www.copline.org. www.copline.org. And at the end of this year, we have what's called the Run for the Call. So it's a run in New Jersey. It's a 5K, and it's done at midnight because we know officers are working their shifts, and we want to be there for them, and we want to show them their support. So if anybody's looking at donating for a positive fundraiser, it's Run for the Call. It's a cop line run, and it's December 31st. December 31st. So once again, the website is www.copline.org. And... James, Chuck, thank you very much for joining us and I look forward to some more great work from Copline. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to NEP On Location and Mark Treglio's conversation with James Alvarez and Chuck Stringham of Copline. Remember to subscribe to NEP On Location wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And you can reach us at nep.news at nepservices.com. And for the latest ideas and information from around the worlds of public safety, organized labor, communications, politics, and more, please visit our website at nepmedia.net.